The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's get to our guest, Robert Shine, CIO at Blanky Shine Wealth Management. Robert, so a natural tailwind is the seasonal time of year. It's usually good for stocks. A natural headwind is the big and muscular Fed with its QT and with its higher interest rates. Does one win in the short term and the other win in the longer term? Yeah, we believe so. We're, we're seeing as, as we come to a close for 2022, um, a lot of still uncertainty, a lot of um, guessing as to what the Fed's going to do and data dependent as the Fed's going to be. But we're still, we still believe that the Fed's going to continue its has to win at all costs strategy, meaning hawkish going into 2023. Well, San Francisco Fed suggested that the jobless rate doesn't necessarily signal an impending recession. Do you agree? And can a resilient labor market and consumption support equities in the coming uh, months? If we look at the inverted yield curve, it's forecasting a recession for 2023. The question is how deep and the timing of which is is really on the minds of everybody. But going back to the strong labor market and the accelerating wage growth, uh, it basically poses the biggest threat for the Fed. And ultimately, they're going to have to work on that. Next week, we have the wage inflation number, whether it's being... Uh, you know, embedded, entrenched in the economy, and that's what the Fed has really said. They're gonna they're gonna focus mm-hmm. on that, and they're going to push rates um, at all costs. Uh, but the yield curve is telling us something completely different. That for 2023, we have to set up and be um, cautiously optimistic, essentially, as we navigate through uh, the new year. Let's say the yield curve is wrong. And, and, the, and the reason I, I want to postulate that is that um, the yield curve probably didn't know that China was going to flip on a dime and open up the economy like it did. And we don't know exactly the trajectory of that. But let's say that, you know, they start cooking, um, consumers start spending, they start traveling, uh, and the economy grows. Doesn't that bring the long end of the yield curve, the 10 years, say, up around maybe 4.5%? And once it gets up near where the two-year is, then maybe people won't keep talking about the inversion of the yield curve and recession yeah you also have to keep in mind that the globally europe's in recession right now and a lot of other um, outside the u.s we're seeing signs of recession and obviously the pivot in terms of um, sort of the support within china to support their economy uh, from real estate and so uh, in other aspects um, the global economy and the weight of the global economy is actually growth is coming down and so that's a momentum that really is unpredictable. So we have to be cautious as we calculate that and as we navigate that. And and as much as central banks want to, you know, be proactive and and sort of have a soft landing, um, we're seeing, you know, the global markets tell us something different. 
How about the dollar? The once mighty dollar is now, I guess, for lack of a better word, languishing at a six-month low. Might the weaker dollar be a tailwind for U.S. earnings next year? The dollar is a function right now of predicting what would happen, excuse me, in 2023 for the U.S. As our Fed gets closer to maybe a not a not a pivot, but a pause in the U.S., which is supporting the interest rates uh, or the dollar, if you will, in the U.S., uh, you're seeing the central banks around the world stronger. So that's where you're seeing the dollar, you know, below the 20, the 200 day moving average and even the 50 day moving average, which is on a technical basis. Yes, it's coming down and it's actually a welcome sign uh, for 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 the globe. But at the same time, uh, we still think that the U.S. is going to continue on the interest rate policy that could strengthen the dollar uh, a little further from where it is. So I'm interested in your strategy and how you play this. Uh, you're sounding a little on the bearish side, obviously, uh, going into at least the first part of, of next year. Um, what are some of your best ideas at the moment? Yeah, we're, we're definitely we, we've definitely been, you know, risk management uh, philosophy for our clients for 2022. And we're going to continue that theme for 2023. And, and that's really the major theme. Essentially, um, you know, healthcare is going to be a good place because the cash flow, the dividends, uh, consumer staples, especially as you enter into a recession, not only here but around the world, um, you know those those household products are, are important. Um, we also believe that you know positive dividend growth, cash flow is king, and finally, it's all about strategic rebalancing. What we did for our clients at Blankenship Wealth Management back in March and April of 2020 is when the the equity markets provided a tremendous opportunity we rebalance client portfolios to take advantage of that. We believe that could happen again in 2023 going forward, and we're positioned for that. So in the short term, we're positioning treasuries uh, because treasury yield on the short term yield curve is you know well over 4%, uh, and, and, and then the large caps. Uh, Robert, I wanna, I wanna talk about TAG. TAG having its worst year since 2008, is trying to claw back some of those gains before the year ends. Big winners today, where to for TAG? Yeah, we like large cap tech, and that's the the future. If you look at you know three, five, ten years, um, yes, this last year hasn't been the you know for large cap tech. Uh, the, what we own for our clients are, are the large established companies. You know, um, have cash, strong balance sheet, and they can weather the storm. And out on the other side of a recession, they get stronger. So we like that. Even though yes, year to date they're down twenty to 30% respectively, but they're the biggest, largest companies and they will prevail long term. So we're we're strong believers in large cap tech. Uh, the, the companies that don't have strong balance sheets, don't have cash flow or sort of the IPO, the spec world for, for this year, we didn't invest in our clients for that um, and we don't believe in that. Uh, so yeah, there's two different sort of markets in tech, but large cap yeah. tech um, is an opportunity moving forward. Okay, in the large cap tech space, um, let's talk about uh, some of the uh, different industries. So you've got semiconductors, you've got cloud, and you've got software, uh, and then you've got obviously the the sort of internet companies and the uh, e-commerce companies. Um, which ones do you like the most? You like software, um, cloud will continue, um, and then again, even the chips, even though we've seen a chip glut, you, you have to look at these valuations on these these companies because they'll work through the inventories um, and you know keep in mind the equity markets price in well before the recession so you want to sort of dollar cost average and take advantage of 
uh, some of these categories within technology because by the time you say okay it's all clear to invest that opportunity is passed so we're dollar cost averaging we like the softwares we like you know some of the cloud computing we like some of the even the cyber securities which got beat up this year um, but that's a you know there, there's some good opportunities out there so we're we're picking and choosing our opportunities uh, but we have confidence long term on the companies that we're picking up Will you be picking and choosing Tesla? It's been caught up in a horrible route. Have we seen bottom? You know, Tesla has been in a, you know, a, a, a tornado of headlines. Um, long-term EV number one, they're going to continue. In fact, if you look at the scalability, uh, they're just hitting uh, their numbers. Now, obviously, China, in terms of COVID and, and potentially production and ability to meet the production numbers is what we're all waiting on. Uh, but yeah, we're taking advantage of Tesla, uh, you know, at these levels, because we believe that even a year to two years from now, even five years from now, they're going to still maintain their leadership position. And we believe that the growth is still there in the EV space. And keep in mind that the U.S. just passed a bill that is going to even add an incentive for all EVs uh, for U.S. Yeah. consumers uh, starting January 1. So that's sort of a tailwind as well. We're seeing economic activity rebound in Chinese cities where COVID infections uh, have peaked. And so if you look at the, particularly in the north and the central parts of the country, uh, Beijing, Chongqing, Chengdu, and, and Wuhan have seen their um, subways jump 40 to 100 percent in the week through Wednesday. Uh, so this is just the idea that once you give freedom to Chinese people who have been locked down for a couple of years, that they're going to run. Can I get you excited about China at all? You can, um, but that's also going to add to the inflation fears around the world, right? Because of the pent-up demand. And so this is just going to be the knock-on effect of economies around the world going through COVID or COVID going around through the world and adding into the, the demand. The good news is the supply chain around the world seems like it's it's opening up. So that's going to help on the demand pressures uh, to ease some of the inflation pressures. But I think that's the number one key here is inflation around the world um, for 2023. If we can get that under control and not hit a global depression if, or recession, if you will, um, you know, China looks interesting. It really does. Um, so does a lot of opportunity. So we see the first half around the globe, um, you know, be cautious, be patient, and then start taking opportunities um, as they come. Because I think 2023, we could see a turnaround, but we could see some headline risks, some valuation, you know, concerns in the market, um, bring the market down a little bit further. But then it could be, you know, sort of the story of finally, we have growth again, and we have, you know, some opportunity in 2023. All right, Robert, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Really enjoyed it. Robert Shine, CIO at Blanky Shine Wealth Management. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.